Good morning to you, all of our amazing listeners. We welcome you to Sound Off, heard weekly on your favorite radio station, in addition to our amazing podcast, the Sound Off podcast. Uh, my name is Claudine Lance Schofield, and I'm joined by my co-hostess with the mostest, Amanda Renee Butler, who's running for city council. Good morning to you, my <laughs> friend, Amanda. Good morning, Sco. How are you? I am doing well, and I hope you are as well. I am. Thank you. You know, it's always good to have good people when we when we do a sound off. And on this morning, I'm telling you, it's not short of that. We have two amazing people from the adult education program located here in Horry County. Uh, we have the beautiful Heidi Dickerson, also the very handsome Noop, Mr. Mitch, Mr. Mitch, Mr. Gregory Mitchell Jr. Good morning to you both. Good morning. Good morning. Y'all notice I hype up the, the introduction because I'm telling you, first of all, y'all are connected with good people. Ain't nobody right. cooler than Etta Green Carter. I'm telling y'all. Right. She's in the business yeah. of right. saving the world. Yes, That's she right. is. And so we're going to talk about a lot of good things on this morning. And so we don't want to waste a lot of time. So what I would like for you to do, Heidi, and then Mitch, if you both would take the opportunity to tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. And we're going to jump into it. Sure. So I'm Heidi Dickerson. I'm the Community Outreach Specialist here at Adult Ed. I am straight out of the classroom and wanted to make a change. And I'm here connecting with people, trying to help Miss Carter save the world. Awesome. Good stuff. And Mitch. Um, good, good morning. This is Gregory Mitchell, also known as Mitch. Um, I'm a college and career navigator. Um, I help students navigate through life by first helping them get their GED and whatever's next after that. Okay. In a nutshell. And whatever Heidi asked me to do with Miss Etta, <laughs> whatever, right. else, whatever the ladies say, do I it. Know I know that's right. Didn't how you, you want it that? done. And I just did it done. So I love it in a nutshell. I love it. I love it. So listen, we're going to jump into it. I, I was, before we got on, um, Heidi and I were talking and just talking about the fact that, you know, for so long, adult education had a negative connotation. And I know part of the reason why adult education is doing as well as it's doing is because of the amazing Etta Green Carter. And so, but uh, Heidi, I'm, I'm going to ask you about that. What do you think has changed and why do you think people are more receptive to uh, adult education or the adult education program? Sure. I think in the past, adult ed may be looked down upon um, maybe it was a last resort for people. Maybe they just were troublemakers and, and it just wasn't well respected. And now, um, you know, the whole outlook has changed. Mm -hmm. um, people, life happens. People come to us for all different reasons. Maybe something happened. They didn't finish high school. Um, and we can offer that opportunity for them to, you know, get it done pretty quickly. And, and not only that, there's so much more available now. There's childcare. Um, we have opportunities through Ori Georgetown Tech and some of our partner agencies. It's a good thing. Yeah. Um, you know, not wanting to pull kids out of high schools, but some every now and then we'll get someone that's they're just not good at school. They're not. No, they can't go to college. And, and it's an easy solution for them. Um, you know, just a lot more opportunities and, and they just, they know college isn't for them. They just want to come in and, and get their GED or their high school diploma and go right to work. Okay. All right. Sounds like that. That is, uh, that's the absolute truth. So thank you for sharing that, Heidi. I'm coming to you, Amanda. What did you have? 
I want you guys to kind of elaborate on um, GED. Um, Heidi and Mitch have both mentioned it. Um, so are students able to attend a two-year or four-year college or university with a GED? Yes, Miss Amanda, students are able to enroll at a two or four-year institution. Um, my role as a college and career navigator, after they get their GED, some of them say, may say they want to attend tech, and we, we help assist them with that process of financial aid, um, admissions. So, yes, they can attend a two-year and uh, also a four-year, depending on whatever route they want to go as well. Okay. Okay. Well, how, how about the military as well? Because I know for a while that there was this huge stigma about GED. So now that we've right. gotten over the barrier of can I go to a two-year, four-year college, what about the military? Yes. Um, anyone with a GED can go right into the military, just like everyone else. They do have to take the ASVAB test. And mm -hmm. based on that score, um, that kind of determines what job they would qualify for. Um, do want to throw out that the military gets 30 days of paid vacation, paid federal holidays, and then also they get to support and protect our great nation. So, yes, that is that is a, a, a great route for some to go. That's good stuff. And, you know, uh, Heidi and uh, Mitch, so often um, people want to return back to school, especially adults. But unfortunately, child care has always been a problem. And so through the adult education program, is there any type of services that uh, you offer for parents that have young children that need daycare or child care? Yes, um, we do offer child care from 8 a.m. to 12 p.m., Monday through Friday, um, infants until the age of five years old, um, they're well taken care of. Um, there, are, there are little babies, you know, I've, I've read stories to them, so they're in good hands while they're here, <laughs> while, while mom You sound like you really enjoy the little kids, Mitch. <laughs> <laughs> he does. So what we need, you know, for, for parents to to bring their kids to us is just an immunization record and a birth certificate and just apply and they're in. Wow, okay. that's good stuff. See, that's the, that's the things that we were talking about, how the adult education program has evolved. And so that brings me to uh, another concern that people might have, uh, multilingual or ESL uh, students, is any services available for them? Yes, ma'am. We at both sites, we have ESL classes. They're from eight to 12. Um, during the weekdays, Monday through Friday, and then also Monday through Thursday, five to eight. Um, we have students come in just wanting to learn English. They are from all over the world. Um, and they come in, we do a best plus test with them just to see how much English they do know. And that determines their level. And then they can advance with us. And once they master and test out of that class, they can go right into getting their GED if they, if they choose to. Awesome. Yep. That's good yeah. stuff. Good it stuff. is. Amanda, what did you have, Darl? Um, I think that's an awesome service. Are there any other special um, services that you guys offer or programs that you guys offer? Yes, we offer um, some community classes that are, um, that are free um, as needed. Um, maybe a few weeks ago, Heidi did the, was it the Photoshop? Yep, how to take pictures with your cell phone. Yes, okay. um, we, sometimes we have some senior citizens who may just want to learn how to turn a computer on, how to send an email, wow. how to 
fill out a job application online. So it's, it's whatever special interest that they may need. We'll try to help them navigate. I love it. So y'all take care of the babies. Y'all take care of the senior citizen. Y'all yeah. make sure people know how to speak English. I'm trying to tell you. Yes. Well, anybody hitters. that can breathe. Yes. You know, <laughs> y'all are saving the world. That's what I'm talking about. And uh, look, when, when the leadership is good, then it filters down to you and, and Mitch, right? And everybody else right. that works at Del Del. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. So, so let's talk about, you know, it, it's it's a wide, Orange County is such a wide area in terms of the location and um, demographics. So you have a site in Myrtle Beach and one in Conway, but any other sites available beside, besides those two? Uh, we do. So those are our two main sites. Um, and then sprinkled throughout the, the county, we meet at Ainer Library, Finkley Community Center, Green Sea Library, the Loris Library, and then also North Myrtle Beach Goodwill. Um, okay. And there, there's a schedule for that on our website because they're they kind of alter. Um, but even if you can't go into one of our sites, we have Zoom classes online so people can do stuff from the comfort of their home. Wow. Nobody's left out. Nobody is left out. That's what I'm talking about. I'm, I'm trying to tell you, y'all, y'all making things happen at the Adult Education Center. Um, with all of these programs, I know our listeners want to know what are the costs of these training programs. That's right. Free ninety nine, depending on. <laughs> what did he say? Free ninety nine. That was free, free as an F R E E. I love it. <laughs> I love um, it. <laughs> the, the, depending on um, whatever program that you want to get into, like for example, the. Um, like the uh, CNA classes, mm -hmm. the uh, CDL, we um, partner with Ori Tech, and um, some of the students have to take a, a WIN test and a TAPE test. It's more like a, a placement test, mm -hmm. along with um, fill out the uh, registration form and a scholarship form. And nine times out of 10, the students get awarded the scholarship. Um, we do have other uh, programs that cost, but it's, it's, it's very minimum, like the uh, Serve Safe course. Mm -hmm. And um, that's like what? 15 bucks for your food handler and then 40 bucks for the food manager, wow. which is significantly lower than. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow, that's but really I think good. the big thing, the real big thing is that Mitch just said that CNA program, because I'm telling you, there's such a shortage in the medical field and in hospitals. That CNA program is only, I think, six weeks, correct? Correct. Wow. That six week program, you're in and out. You'll be certified if you, right. you know, make sure you do everything you need to do and you can start working. I think that is that's amazing. absolutely amazing. Yeah. yeah. Good quality of life. And so before mm -hmm. we run out of time, I want to talk about, you mentioned a partnership with Ori Georgetown Technical College, but what are some of the other businesses or organizations that you partner with? Some of our main partnerships are with Ori Georgetown Tech and SC Works, where we have um, paid internships and some other things they can offer with all kind of paid things beyond what we offer. Okay, good stuff. And Gregory Mitchell Jr., the government name, and also Heidi <laughs> Dickerson. It has been a pleasure having you guys on, but we don't want to uh, you know, end the show without giving you the opportunity to give us some contact information and maybe final thoughts. Well, you can uh, see a smiling face at the Conway site. Um, our number is 843-488-6200. And our address is 1620 Shieldwood Drive in Conway. And if you're in Myrtle Beach, um, you will also be meet with a smiling face. The telephone number is 843-839-5400.
and their address is 3301 North Oak Street in the beautiful city of Myrtle Beach. Yeah, I think anyone should come out and see us, even if they don't know if they're a good candidate to come or maybe we don't have something for them. You won't know until you come out and and just talk to us. Even if you don't need a high school diploma or GED, maybe you just need help with a resume or working on those interviewing skills or maybe doing a career assessment. Anything we can we can help you. Wow. The one stop shop. Come on down. Good and stuff. can you guys can you guys provide possibly like a, a a website that they can go to as well? I know you gave them a phone number, but is there something that they can look online to see maybe all of the service that you guys have? Our website is hcae.oricountyschools.net. We also have a Facebook page where we post our graduates and anything new going on, any events. Check us out. See what see what we can do for you. And wow. check out our Facebook page as well. Okay, good stuff. Look, we're going to give you the virtual clap, 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 because this has been wonderful. Uh, thank you guys both, Heidi and Mitch, for coming through and sharing such vital information to our listeners. Now, at Sound Off, we cannot allow you to leave without giving you the opportunity to shout some people out. So beginning with Gregory Mitchell Jr., who would you like to shout out? The only person I would like to shout out is Etta Green Carter and our staff at both sites. I don't want to forget anyone. Um, yeah, definitely Miss Carter. She's in the business of saving the world, but I would like to thank all of the teachers. It's such oh, a, yeah. it's a tough situation everybody's in and, you know, they're being good sports about it. So shout out to every educator out there. Good stuff. We yes. echo that. Yes. Um, I just want to give a shout out to my son, uh, Michael Aaron Butler. And then I just want to also give a shout out to all of the students who are hanging tight with us. Um, it's a unique year again. So just want to shout out all those students who are giving it their best. You all of our amazing listeners, thank you so much for listening to the Sound Off podcast. Uh, my name is Claudine Lance Schofield, and I'm joined by my co-host, Amanda Renee Butler. Good morning to you. Good morning, Sco. How are you? I am doing well, Amanda. I hope you are as well. Yes, everything's great. We are elated, and it seems like every week we have the best guests because we have the beautiful, the anointed, the very articulate, intelligent Dr. Ebony Morant as our special guest on this morning. I'm telling you, man, let's clap it up. We're just so excited to have you, uh, Dr. Morant. And so what I would like for you to do, if you would take the opportunity to tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Hello, hello. It is such an honor and a privilege to be with you here today at Sound Off. And my name is Dr. Ebony Morant. I am currently a, a rehabilitative behavior health therapist with the Georgetown County School District, servicing the elementary children and serving middle school, high school, and parents. Um, I currently I received a doctorate in health administration and leadership. I'm so excited to be able to use it in our school district for our community, our children, our parents. Um, I'm also a licensed clinical social worker. Um, just loving the area of behavior health and mental health. That is my passion. 
Well, you know, again, thank you so much for uh, taking the opportunity to come by. And that's what we're going to talk about on this morning. Um, you, you and I know, and Amanda as well, listen, since this pandemic, uh, I think it's been a buzzword. And I don't know if people really understood that they probably dealt with it before. But I think going through COVID-19 and the pandemic has really brought it to the forefront. And so the first thing I would like for you to do, if you um, would kind of define mental health or mental illness as it relates to what we're going to be talking about on this morning. Okay. A mental health and mental illness are two different things. A okay. mental health, we all have a mental health. A mental health is how we feel mentally. Um, it could be low, it could be high, it could be mundane. The weather can affect mental health, how you, your, your body, sicknesses, um, whether you, um, um, Holidays can affect mental health. Just a plethora of life experiences can affect that. A mental illness is a diagnosis that you have. It can be a depressive disorder. It can be um, a personality disorder, uh, impulsive disorder. It can be it can be those type of things that have to be diagnosed by a doctor or a, a clinician. Wow, and see. I'm glad that you explained that. So thank you so much for that, Dr. Moran. Uh, coming to you, Amanda, what did you have? I think a big topic that has been going on since the pandemic is the mental health um, of our students in schools. Um, can you kind of tell us, as you were working with um, elementary school students, can you tell us some of the impacts that you've seen? Mental health has been a challenge before the pandemic, but since the pandemic, mm -hmm. the statistics haven't even fully come in yet because the pandemic hasn't uh, completely ended yet. A uh, mental illness with our children has been a complete a wraparound effect. As us adults are still trying to figure out some things, our children in their youth, in their immaturity, mm -hmm. um, and they're taking their cues from us as adults and we're figuring out things. It's caused a degree of heightened anxiety. It's caused a depression. It's caused impulsivity. It's caused an array of things that have caused um, higher rates of hospitalization for children. And these are children that have not um, typically had a diagnosis, but these are children at large, children in general, that are just trying to figure out, that are just trying to absorb uh, what's going on uh, and trying to figure out within themselves a normal, how to push through. So it has largely affected all children at all levels. Wow, absolutely. Uh, you know, being in education for 26, almost 27 years, I'm telling you, I've never seen the emotional state the way it is. Like Amanda said, it's, I mean, it's daily that you see. And unfortunately, sometimes the kids come off the bus with trauma just, to, just in their face. And so what I want to uh, uh, talk about is anxiety versus depression what is the difference sure anxiety is intense excessive and persistent worry and fear about everyday occurrences these are normal things about having to wake up early having to go to sleep late loud sounds things like that but it's intense and excessive um and this is a presented with fast heart rate, um, a rapid breathing, sweating, fidgeting, being tired, sleeping a lot, things like that. Um, depression is feeling discouraged, sad, hopeless, unmotivated, or uninterested in life. 
things that you normally would be engaged in and want to be engaged in and you're no longer interested in it um, and you're wanting to isolate and be alone and cry a lot that's a depression and this is what we're seeing widespread mm -hmm. it's not just with our children right that's it's right parents mm -hmm. it's with teachers we're all mm -hmm. trying to figure out how to interpret um, what these things look like um, but our children can't adapt as easily as us. That's you know, right. back in the day, uh, the elders would say, children are resilient. Children can bounce back. Yes, but this is a different. It's a different. Group. That's right. Yeah. The pandemic is different. It's brought with it so much grief and loss, loss yeah. of all kinds. Um, it's brought with it social media. We didn't have social media back then to influence right. us. But social media in different ways, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, different type of outlets. Um, and and um, the president, um, the influences have impacted our children in a grave way, um, coupled with community biases. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um biases that are in our religion, biases from our health um, resources and administrators who we, who we are supposed to trust. So it's hitting from all sides. Um, so we have some work to do in this area. Wow. The really sad thing is that I think I've seen the anxiety and depression um, with my students. And I think um, just some of those abrupt changes. I know that the school districts um, were making changes during the school time and then students not knowing, okay, am I hybrid? Am I virtual? Um, how do you think that some of these changes will affect them this upcoming school year? Because I know some schools are still making changes. Like now, you know, we had the plexiglass. Um, I know in Ori, we have plexiglass. Now we won't have plexiglass. And so I'm concerned about some of the changes. How do you think all of these changes are affecting our students? It's going to affect our children long-term and short-term as they return back to school, as us um, teachers, educators, counselors, our school district administrators try to figure out next steps, especially with the new hybrid COVID, the Delta variant and some things that may come up with that is going to affect the children. Even the barriers that were set up for the children, that isolated them all the more even mm -hmm. in class the barriers in the cafeterias isolated them and though we did it for their protection it was isolating our children look forward to connecting our children look forward to touching one another to be mm -hmm. to being able to speak to one another to be able to do visual cues with one another but the barrier was uh, uh, um, the um, plexiglass was a barrier it prevented those social connections so the social and emotional learning piece is going to be huge returning back to school us as educators though we have standards set by the state and the federal government we're going to have to figure out how to how to put the social and emotional learning piece into our learning we're going to have to our children's emotional state is important if their emotional state is not taken care of how can we expect for them to learn how can we expect for them to produce good grades if they are not emotionally well 
right. part of them being emotionally well is being socially connected to others if not we are going to create hybrids of social anxieties mm -hmm. so we have work to do and again, we're really honored to have as our very special guest, Dr. Ebony Morant, and the dialogue will continue. Amanda, what did you have? I just wanted to follow up because especially within the religious community, we, I, you know, and it goes with the black community as well. We don't address things. We sweep things under the rug, like you said. How do we address those warning signs? Like, what should we do? Let's just say I'm a faith leader and I'm starting to see some warning signs, let's say among different people. Like, how do I address that? Because I know one thing, and I just want to say this, you know, just so that everybody's clear. You can still love God and have a therapist. You can have both. Just want to mm -hmm. say that out loud to the folks. You can have God That's and right. you can have a therapist. So how do we go about addressing those warning signs that we see so that we're not just sweeping it under, under the rug? First of all, we have to become educated. Mm -hmm. Just because we're educated and know the Bible, it doesn't mean that we're necessarily educated in this area. And we have to be sensitive um, and to promote sensitivity and awareness. We have to be those who are in the clinical world. We have to strategize to be able to set up some systems in place to be able to address this. First of all, you must have a rapport with people. <laughs> you have to have That's a rapport. Right. You can't just walk up to sister so-and-so just because you throw a, a cloth, you know, over her when she passes out, you can't address her mental illness that's right you gotta have a strategy a clinical strategy simple things how could i help you what do you need do you need anything or just let them know i see you i love you those keywords those buzzwords open people up but you gotta even in the in the faith community you gotta have the right people in place mm -hmm. if you have an abrasive personality naturally no ma'am that's right not that's right no ma'am that's not your ministry that's not your ministry and i don't care if you're the pastor's sister if you're the pastor's mama if you're the most faithful person that opened the door and mow the lawn that's not your area and that's okay we appreciate you in your area Right. But that's not your area. This area is too sensitive. It's okay. We have to begin to normalize it. Our first thing is we have to be able to address this with our leaders first. Mm -hmm. Amen. Mm -hmm. yeah. It has to come from the head. And if it's made, if it's approved by the head, then it can flow down. As the faith community say, the oil flows down. Yeah, it yeah. has to be addressed by the head first. The approval has to come that way. Once the approval comes that way and uh, the antiquated ideas and regimen and things of doing, uh, um, once that's addressed with some dignity, with respect, with a regard, then um, sadness can be addressed. Mm -hmm. the a loneliness we have a lot of of widowers in church mm -hmm. do we think that disappears just because they come to church that's right it goes unaddressed we have single mothers who are struggling in church we don't think they're sad we may not even know when their lights are off 
that's a deep sadness. Um, so there are some there are some psychosis too that I mentioned. There are some things uh, um, that must be addressed. Some mood disorders. Uh, the mm-hmm. usher that's smiling sometimes, but the next time they're mean and just about shoving you somewhere where to sit. Right. Mood disorders, right. personality disorders. Those things they they they're just gonna be with us, and it's right. okay. It's okay. We have to become socially aware, socially competent. Not just competent in the word. That's right. Competent socially. After all, we have a responsibility to our brothers and sisters. That's good. To, to, to be aware and to care about them. Yeah. And I was thinking about, like, um, I have some um, church family um, in another state. And they're going through grief right now because they lost one of the young people within their church. And so... I, I, it made me think about in this conversation of how many times as a church whole, like if, we, if there's a young person that is lost, the whole church is impacted. Um, but oftentimes there's no, there's no um, discussion about it. There's no um, open dialogue about how the young people are feeling. There's no dialogue about how the members are feeling. It's just, we're going to pray on it and we're going to keep going. But there's sometimes I do believe that there, you know, possibly grief counseling could be part of that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It, it, but I know there's too often we don't do grief counseling. We just do, well, we're going to pray on it. We're going to keep praying until you feel better. But sometimes I do believe that maybe a grief counselor would benefit everybody. Mm-hmm. And listen to this, a Jesus had strategy, right? He had a physician, a tax mm-hmm. person. He had a multidisciplinary team right. called his disciples. Did he not? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. Okay. So what, what was the physician for? What was the tax person mm-hmm. for? What were these different? They were people of need because he knew what that body would need. Wow. Right. He knew what the followers would need. And he set the example. Why can't we follow the example he set? That's good. That's so, good. therefore, grief counseling is needed. I mean, we've had so many funerals. I don't know about your church, but with so much death, mm-hmm. with COVID, churches have had so many funerals, whether inside or outside or graveside. So many funerals. After the casket has been lowered, people give hugs and leave those people to go home alone, mm-hmm. to deal with that alone. Grief counseling is vital. I'm a first lady. People migrate to the first lady to talk to. Thank God I'm a clinical social worker. I'm a licensed therapist. I have the strategies to assist. What about the first ladies that may not even be interested? Mm-hmm. That's not right. the thing. Or they don't know how. Mm-hmm. They have exacerbated someone's grief. But consider this. If we had things set up in our churches uh, where these things can be address there it is the first lady mm-hmm. can direct them to sister so-and-so that's right sister so-and-so can help you with that she would love to help you with that or they can take them by the hand and walk them over to sister so-and-so and develop that and and assist with the rapport building so that they can be able to get what they need just like uh-huh. you fry chicken and fry fish that's right. And and have those chicken dinners and a good old cake from the mother's board. That's right. We need to have some strategies in place and to be able to teach our local bodies as a whole coping skills and strategies. 
Mm-hmm. It's okay. And just because somebody say a meditation doesn't mean that they're practicing witchcraft. It doesn't mean that they're right. going into a different religion and they're meditating on another God. No, 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 no. Let me debunk that right now. Meditation simply means it could mean those things too. So let me say that first. Right. But but just basic meditation just means slowing down. That's good. Being in the moment, grounding yourself, allowing yourself to feel whatever it is you're feeling and allowing yourself permission to respond. Some people need to cry. It's cathartic. It needs Mm -hmm. to come out. Giving yourself permission to deep breathe, to count. Giving yourself permission to develop a strategy. It may, it may mean read a book. You don't always have to, to, to go to church to be able to relax. Yes, I go to church. I feel the power of God. I feel wonderful. I feel wonderful. That's an absolution. So I'm not a negating that. Right. But um, also for me, a reading. I can stay up all night and read a book and feel completely relaxed. Because I have found, I've become aware of what works for me. So what works for you may not work for me. You have to begin to become aware of what works to calm you. Mm -hmm. It's okay to be aware of your body, to feel tension in your neck, in your shoulders. You need to be aware of that. If you're gritting your teeth, if if you have knots in your stomach, it's okay to be aware of these things. It doesn't make you less safe. It doesn't make you right. less holy. It doesn't mean that you need to be stripped of your titles. It just means that you need to develop a strategy to alleviate stress and tension. Wow. Whew. That's what I'm talking about. And I know you have to go, but I want to, I want to deal with one other thing, if you don't mind. I, we certainly appreciate you just availing yourself to share such vital information. And so, um, so often people talk about church hurt and um, a lot of people suffer in silence in churches. Um, and, and I know you talk about sensitivity and I think in the church we call it discernment. And so what, what can we do to... Um, Get people to understand that discernment is necessary because there's so many people, you know, and, and again, I'm one of those people that I, when I do something, I'll give it 159 million percent. <laughs> no, but at the end of the day, people that uh, uh, work diligently, sometimes we are waving a red flag and, and it's not a good feeling when nobody sees that. And so sometimes you continue to get poor on and poor on. But what happened to that discernment? Are we lacking discernment in the church? And I'm not, that's not, well, maybe I should take it back. It's not personally just me, but I know it happens. And maybe it is me, I don't know. But I'm telling the truth. So we, we, we get burned out. Right, and, and then I think it works the same way. Like the same way teachers have burnout, um, church leaders can have burnout. But I think in our minds, we, we pretend that, that pastors don't get burned out. Like, you know what I mean? We, yeah, we think right. that religious leaders, that they don't have a moment to get burned out. They don't have a moment to be sad or they don't, you know what I mean? Right. I think that's so far from the truth, but it happens, especially when a you lot. are, you know, if you're working, you're working, you're working. And then all of a sudden, you know what? I need a break. Um, we, we often don't give our leaders that permission to take that break. Mm-hmm. So what needs to happen? 
Well, I think, first of all, uh, we have to stop telling uh, the untruth and teaching the untruth that we are invincible. That's right. We are people. We have feelings. We have emotions. We go through life situations and challenges. It's just life. Mm -hmm. um, we have to begin to tell the truth. Then we have to give permission for people to be themselves. And we have to give permission for people to not be okay. Uh, for example, Sister so-and-so is nasty. She's, she's bitish. That's just the symptom. Mm -hmm. What about the right. deeper thing? That's the right. root. The, the root of it. hurt there. Yes, hurt people do hurt other people. Mm -hmm. Yes, that is what happens. But we have a responsibility spiritually to, to go deeper. Mm -hmm. to, to not just be church goers, but to get into the word and let it to become a lie in our everyday life and to begin to exercise the word of God in our life through love and kindness have we drawn them so yes. that sister that's nasty sis sis come on now what did I right. do or sis come on now give me a hug break them down with love break mm -hmm. them down with kindness after you've done that then you can begin to ask what's wrong what can I do? What do you need? Sometimes, like you said, the crop of help can be in those behaviors. Mm -hmm. um, being wanting to own that same seat on the second row on the end and wanting to fight right. somebody if they sit in that seat. That's possession. Mm -hmm. They needed to have something of their own. You never know. They may have suffered so much loss that mm -hmm. that's their possession. Yeah. We have to begin to change our perspective and our view. And we have to go back like in Jeremiah, go back and take another look. It may mm -hmm. not really be what we think it is or what we have been told that it is. It may be something else completely that young girl that's coming in with those super tight jeans and the super short short skirts and she knows it's inappropriate and i'm not judging right but she knows that it's inappropriate that's attention seeking behavior mm -hmm. yep Could we Good. shun them and be and tell them sit out and become rude and mean through love and kindness. That's right. Mm -hmm. Have we drunk? She's important. Mm -hmm. That boy with those pants in the back hanging all the way down, way past their behind. Way past it. Yes, it's irritating to look at, but he's important too. That's right. He yeah. may come to church drunk. He may come to church smelling just like we, but come on, you used to do it. I used to do it. Stop acting like. This is something so abnormal through love and kindness. kindness. That's have right. Grown them. We have to begin to exercise the fruit of the spirit in a different way. Mm -hmm. In a real, in real, a real way. way. That's How about right. that? And to begin to acknowledge all of these behaviors are not. Some of them aren't even a mental illness. Some of them grow into mental illness, if not addressed. Mm -hmm. But some of these things are just deep sadness. Mm -hmm. um, but, but they are still within the realm of mental health. That's right. So they're important in the church body. After all, we can't say we love God, but hate the person. And disconnected to the person that we're sitting right next to in church. Right. That's right. That's critical. We can't. Do yeah. That. Wow. How can you love God who you've never seen and hate your brother who you see? That's every right. Day? Every day. 
That's it. Listen, I want to do another hand clap because this has been so good. Oh this my is everything. And this is everything. I'm trying to tell you, <laughs> Dr. Morant, we absolutely positively love you. We appreciate you. And thank you so much for sharing. And uh, to you, our listeners, we certainly appreciate you tuning into our podcast. Until next week, God bless you. Our youth are being heard on Sound Off 98.5 KISS FM. Sound Off.